Welcome in to Second Down right here on ESPN Radio. Christian Gokel alongside P.J. Zuko and Cam Urshry. A wild weekend of college football to recap for you here. But first, P.J., from one team, they got a big win this weekend to another. Congratulations, sir. Oh, Penn yeah, State Whew. holding off Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, what what a game that was, and uh, really, what a what a weekend it was for for defenses, man. Uh, I mean, kind of all around, like all the big, noticeable uh, highlight type of games, uh, the, those defenses showed out. You know, whether it was uh, Penn State and a couple of interceptions late in the fourth quarter, or Georgia holding Clemson uh, to three points there with what seven sacks on the night, and uh, really uh, the the big pick six as well, the the lone touchdown. In the ball game, I mean, um, I think Kirk Herbstreet and Chris Fowler were talking about it. How this could be a, a year of the defenses, and I don't know if you watched Alabama play. I don't know who's going to play defense against them, but I mean, with with some of the top teams, man, you look at, at what they have, and sure their offenses are talented, uh, but they're off, but their defenses are extremely good too, and, and showed out on, on Saturday and you know throughout the weekend. So. It's going to be fun to see. It's going to be fun to watch uh, throughout the season, keep track of that. But, yeah, man, those couple games certainly kept us uh, stressed throughout the whole thing and, and excited throughout the whole thing. But at the end of the day, thank goodness uh, our teams at least were, were able to come home with some wins. And you mentioned the Georgia game right there. Uh, seven sacks on the night for Georgia. Yeah. Just all over Clemson. I mean, that was a fist fight from the jump. Uh, and, and really – PJ, I thought a statement win for Georgia as a program. I wrote about this on ESPNCoastal.com. Seems like for whatever reason, and just four years ago, Georgia was a play away from winning the national championship, uh, but there seems to be like a tier, and it's Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama, mm -hmm. right? And I, I won't include Oklahoma in that because Oklahoma, yeah, they've been to the college football playoff four times, but they've also lost four times. Right. Uh, Georgia's actually only one of six teams that's ever won a college football playoff game, but it just seems like those teams, Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama, exist on a tier in people's mind that Georgia and Oklahoma and some other schools are just below. So that win on Saturday night felt massive for Georgia as a program. Does it mean anything in the grand scheme for the 2021 season? Maybe if you go undefeated and you lose to Alabama, it means that you have a, a ticket to go to the national or to the college football playoff, but. I would say Kirby Smart kind of said it after the game. It remains the same that your all your goals are still in front of you, whether you won that game or not. But just in the the macro view of Georgia as a football team, this one seemed big because you took down one of those titans. You took down a team that had been to six consecutive college football playoffs. A team that's one of the standard bearers inside college football. National TV, big game. Everyone knows it's. It, and it's actually kind of a false narrative, but we'll get to that in a minute. But everyone just feels like Georgia's not going to win that game, right? It is, it's Clemson's to win, Georgia another disappointing season. Uh, they have, they're the preseason national champions every year. This felt like a massive win against a titan of college football. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that uh, mostly. Uh, I, I'm kind of not on – like, I've always looked at Georgia, especially in the, in the past five or six years, as one of those, you know, top elite programs. And I get – 
I get the people saying, well, they haven't won the big one, right? When, when they've been in the playoffs or whatever, they haven't won that national championship. They haven't gotten past Alabama consistently. All that good stuff. And, and I make my jokes and whatever we say are jokes around the office. But uh, over the past five or six years, I have considered uh, Georgia as one of these elite top programs for sure. Um, when they're in you know, the projections for making it to the college football playoffs and competing, uh, I, I always have them up there to me. They're, they're one of like the five teams you, you can always count on, at least uh, contesting for that situation. But I can definitely see where as a, a Georgia fan or someone that, that has looked at them in that vein of, yeah, they can get there, but they can't quite win it or, or whatever, and, and getting past, like you said, one of those Titans because I would agree where it's like it's, like it's Alabama, it's Clemson, and then it's it's another group of of I'd put higher Ohio, echelon, I know like you're a Penn State fan, so you like don't I want to. That. But I'd put Ohio State up there. They won a national championship in 2014, and they've been in the playoffs a ton. I, I'd, I'd they put, have been, but and I they've mean, won how many years in a row? Have they won their conference. Yeah, sure, but but winning your conference and Clemson and and Alabama have won their com- conference and been in the national championship game like every year for the past like eight years. Like, no, I mean like last six year Ohio State years. beat Clemson was in the national championship. Yeah, game. they also won like five games to get there. Ah, I, I don't, I, there I don't, it is. I don't know, but at, at the same time, I I get what you're saying. I would put Alabama, Clemson, and then like a tiny gap to like Oklahoma, Ohio State, Georgia, but. That being said, being able to go up and, and beat an Alabama or a Clemson does deserve it respect, its respect no matter what time of the season it is or, or anything like that. So I completely get that side of things, and I'm, I'm right there with you. I mean, I think this is a huge, uh, notable win for sure, and it doesn't matter what, again, what ty- type of year or, or time of year it happened. And the way that defense played just – kind of uh, you know it, it it kind of blew my mind because there's so much talent on the offensive side for for Clemson I think DJU like of course the game is is a little fast for him still like maybe he, he does need a little bit of progress but it's a little fast for him also because that defense was everywhere I, was, man, was I don't know because it, it didn't night. seem very fast when he was playing at Notre Dame and yeah, throwing for a thousand yards at Notre Dame. I think it, that it was the defense yeah, doing it to him. It, yeah. it didn't seem very fast when he was smoking Boston College. I mean, that Georgia front seven is real. And I'll say this: I think that Georgia defense as a whole is real because a lot of people are giving a ton of credit to the front seven and deservedly so. And you had a couple of pass interference calls. I thought one was really questionable. The other one, I mean, Keely Ringo just tackled the dude in the end zone. But outside of that, you do those wide angle shots, and Georgia was shutting down Clemson's wide receivers all night they didn't have uh that hunter renfro that could just get open right they didn't have anybody really beating you down the sidelines number 10 had a nice game uh but beyond that they just justin ross i thought they locked him down pretty good and then christopher smith on that pick six i mean they baited him they baited justin ross into running that hot route on the slant christopher smith steps in front of the pass and takes it 70 plus yards for the pick six so uh just a huge performance from Georgia. I think it means a lot going into 2021. Now, as I said, you're going to be 10-point favorites for every game outside of Florida from here on out. And so if you can win out and get to the SEC Championship, you might already have your ticket to the college football playoff. But before we move off of this one, uh, I want to—I got to get on Cam, man, because you tried to jinx that football game. <laughs> no, I didn't. In the group chat, we have proof. You tried to jinx that football game. What, why do you hate Georgia? No, 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 no. Do you want to tell the people what you did? Um... I, I say, yeah, the Georgia defense is looking really good. Uh, it was, it was looking good. But you good. didn't say that as a as a uh, media member who doesn't have rooting interest in the game. You said that as a Georgia fan. 
Yeah, I did. Yeah, so like midway through the fourth quarter, as Clemson is trying to mount a comeback, what does Cam say? Our defense looks really good. (laughs) And what happens? Literally the only points scored of the night from Clemson happens immediately after Cam says that. I was I was happy, man. No, you have to be that you have to (laughs) hold on to the text and the notice. Notice. Did I text anything about that game during the game, PJ? No, absolutely not. I actually thought you had the conversation on mute, and <laughs> I, I completely understood that. Uh, I, I didn't expect to get anything from you, but I also wasn't sending anything to you. So yeah. I, we've, we've had our discussions about that, and we've both learned our We've lesson. all made mistakes. Yeah, exactly. So, but, Cam, your team's in a tight game. You don't text or tweet. Like, even if you want to tweet, you go, man, this game's off. Don't. You hold on to that tweet until the end. Man, I was just, I was. You know happy. why? Because if you tweet that and then Georgia loses that game, you're gonna have to look at that tweet for the rest of your life, and it's your fault. I'll look at it for like a week or no, so. No, no, rest of your life. I, I'm happy though. I'm happy. I would have had it. I would have had it printed out, like billboard style, and right behind yeah, your he head been, during this. Show. He would have been mad at me <laughs> had they lost. I, it would have been. You coming it would have been DJU pulling off a comeback. It wouldn't have been the Clemson wide receivers. It wouldn't have been the Georgia defensive backs' it fault. Been my it would have been your fault. Wow. I just want you to know that if you're a fan of a team, especially from the state of Georgia, you don't text and you don't tweet until it's over. I was just shocked. I thought the game was going to be like well, you, more you, of a shootout. You you hold that, you hold that, that yeah. shock inside. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, have I was to. shocked. Yeah, you can't, you can't text things like that for sure. And you'll again, you'll you'll learn that and I think <laughs> I'm happy and it's 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 always we always say to, to football coaches and things like that. It's easier and more fun to win to learn in a win, right? Than than learn oh, in a for loss. Sure. So luckily, Cam gets to learn in a win. Yeah. And in one of the best wins in a long, long time for for the university. I'm not gonna lie. I there's a two word curse word that I drop a lot. When I saw that text, it got dropped. Like I was <laughs> right, right in my apartment. Saw that text, and, yeah, I dropped that curve. I was mad. I was so <laughs> mad. Under, understandable. That's why, like, if you I mean, saw, let's talk about the one I did. Ohio State was playing yeah, Penn State a few yeah. years ago, and I shot PJ the text during the game. I think it was a group text, too, and I was like, PJ, I was like, Penn State looks great. Yeah, it was like Penn State looking tough today or something. Yeah. And, and we were up by 12. Um, they no, I mean, no, that I mean was Cody Queen has the worst one of all time. Yeah, where it was 2018 in the SEC championship. Georgia was rolling Bama in the first half, and Cody hits us in the first half with the congrats. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> r- that's rough. Okay. I, I won't do that in the first half, not against Bama, but oh, but you'll 10-0. do it against the number two team in the country, it's Clemson. T- it was 10-0. won two national good. champions. I'm, like, I'm oh, thinking to myself, these boys can't score on us, all, man. We're good. All, We're all good. I'm saying, though, too, is like I, I know uh, you, you put it up as a tweet, and yeah. I, I I laughed as well once I went back and, and read it. I, I get what people are saying with me coming in right at, but you notice the timing, right? Yeah. So looking back at it, BJ said, this is close by BJ, too. BJ says Clemson has negative 18 rushing no, yards. No, BJ's fine, though. Because BJ, BJ and BJ's not rooting for Georgia. That, yeah, no, BJ, I get that. BJ is just a, an observer, a, a, a neutral college football fan. Because he's right. a he's a Florida State fan. He's not rooting for Georgia. So he I throws out that stat though. Because I was about to text BJ Sunday and say, "Wow, hey, I, I told you Florida State's looking good out there." Yeah, man. and see, right? See, I was about you would have felt, felt so yeah. bad. But I, I, I didn't. I did it. But I told him it was going to be a close game. He's like, "You sure?" You would have felt like, so bad. Uh, yeah, yeah. I get why people thought this was so random, but like BJ <laughs> says that. Yeah. Cam says UGA defense is insane. 
And then, like, literally, how, 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 long, so did mad. Take? how long did it take? <laughs> I looked down, and I saw that, and I was like, I got to find something. I got to find something. And I found Washington. And then immediately, the next text is me going, Washington is beating uh, Montana 7-3 in the fourth. Yeah. Because I was like, I got to get this bad energy. Washington I got to get it. Let's Kevin, switch games as fast as possible. I wish Kevin <laughs> would just let us tell people who his favorite team is, because that exchange Ooh. on Saturday might have been my favorite. Yeah, that was but, pretty but embarrassing. But that is a secret for whatever reason. Y'all need to call in, 912-342-7184. Uh, I want to talk about all these games, but y'all need to call in and pressure Kevin Thomas to tell you who his favorite team is because that exchange on Saturday yeah, was yeah. hilarious, and I well, can't I say I can't say why it was hilarious right. because it might give it, it might narrow down which team it was, but that was like I laughed out loud. That was funny. Well, Washington lost to Montana, right? Washington did lose to yes. Montana. Yeah, top twenty Six. team. Okay, so this it was there's so much football this weekend. There's so many storylines I want to dive into here on the show, but six six. FCS teams beat FBS teams. That's bad. This weekend. I don't know if that's bad or that's good for the FCS. No, it's good. Great I think for it's the incredible. Yes, it's bad yeah. for I mean, Vanderbilt's you know. out here stealing money from the SEC, getting <laughs> yeah. shellacked by ETSU. ETSU right. is not yeah. a bad football team. They're no. not a bad football program, but 23 to 3? Yeah, no, getting controlled, just getting dominated. Shellacked. I mean, that's I think that's one of the things with 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 Kevin as well. What he doesn't want to deal with with all the flack that he'll catch if Oh, you know, it's bad. Shares. Yeah, it's bad. You know, but I mean, it's yeah. uh, but I don't but know no, that I mean, that ETSU game. Yeah. Ugh. With Vanderbilt, now, Vanderbilt for me now. You know, like the pictures where they show like the kicker next to like the six five defensive lineman. They're like these people play the same sport. Right. That's kind of where I'm at now with Vanderbilt in the SEC. Like Vanderbilt plays in the same conference as Alabama. It's remarkable. Like, technically, they well no not technically they get the same amount of TV revenue as Alabama. Yeah. Every single year, and they play in the best conference in college football. Like that's embarrassing. Like Clark, I, that was my, one of my favorite quotes from SEC media days was Clark Lee saying, "We won't apologize for being Vanderbilt." <laughs> well, you should, because that was embarrassing for everyone. Not as embarrassing though as the weekend for the ACC. There's so much I want to <laughs> dive into here. Jim Phillips, a new commissioner of the ACC, was like, "Hey, I'm going to hit six different." ACC games this weekend. Well, it turned into a nightmare tour for him. So I want to dive into that when we come back. Uh, I want to dive into the SEC as a whole because, boy, what an interesting weekend, especially uh, for some teams in the SEC West. SEC East outside of Vanderbilt had a pretty good weekend. I'll say Tennessee looked okay. SEC West had an adventure. So I want to dive into that uh, as, uh, as well as the ACC just having a nightmare of a weekend. All that coming up here on ESPN Radio. If you miss any portion of the show, check it out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or ESPNCoastal.com. Second Down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. So much more to dive into from what was a wild weekend in college football. Uh, again, SEC West, I thought, interesting weekend for them. Obviously, you started the top cam. Alabama, I don't know why people didn't see this coming. Housing. I, I said 42-21 with Miami just getting like a late touchdown mm-hmm. in the game, but everyone's like, man, that spread uh, seems pretty big. 19.5 points seems pretty big. That seemed pretty easy to me for Alabama. They go out there and, and just absolutely smack Miami, and it, it wasn't close from the first drive. I mean, a lot of thought process was – Man, you lost, what was it, 85% of your offensive production last year and the other 15% that was coming back was basically John Mechie, right? That was what was coming back. 
Now you're like, all right, Bryce Young's coming in, not just a new quarterback and new wide receivers, a new offensive coordinator, a new offensive line coach coming into Alabama this year. Maybe they take a step back. Maybe it just takes them a few weeks to get going. Nah, just absolutely dismantled, uh, just dismantled Miami in that one. So I just I thought Alabama looks like Alabama. Yeah, no doubt, and, and right off the jump as well. And that's, I mean, being. Right off the jump, too, and, and that's uh, that's that's you know what why I ended up going with Miami, why I ended up making that wrong pick, right? Is every time you pick against Alabama, you look back and you're just like, why why was I thinking that? Like, what what in the world was I talking about? But I don't know. They came out just firing on all cylinder. Bright and Bryce Young looks like a dang you know third year starter, uh, just out there do, doing anything he needs to and and wants to with the football. Um, getting outside of the pocket, uh, being able to, to run when he wants to and, and deliver the ball wherever he wants to also. So, uh, yeah, looking incredible for sure. Um, I, at the end of the day, what, you know, didn't didn't cross my mind while I was making that pick is like like we were talking about earlier this morning, why Miami I feel like is, is you know, ranked so highly up and, and everyone, you know, thinks they're going to have a good year and everything is, is their offense, right? Not necessarily – their defense. I don't and, know. They got some. They got I mean, some players. They, they, they got some players, Tyreek Stevenson transferred in. Sure. Uh, Bubba Bolden is pretty good as well. So I mean, I don't know. I, what, that's never the first side of the Charleston ball. Charleston Rambo from Alabama. That's not. That's, that's not normally the first side of the ball. I think of when I think Miami. Sure. So uh, that certainly got exploited. Uh, but no, I mean they they just jumped right back into it. And what 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 is it? They they don't uh, rebuild. They reload, and they showed that uh, certainly in. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it goes throughout the season, well, but it certainly looks like a well-oiled machine already for Alabama. And again, Alabama just smacking Miami. So down goes number 14, Miami. Uh, back on Friday, Virginia Tech beats North Carolina 17-10. to Cam, your guy Sam Howell struggling, which, again, it, there, there's a lot yeah. of times during this week where I was just like, why are people surprised by this, right? Why yeah. were people surprised North Carolina struggled? They lost their top two receivers and top two running backs, and they were playing at Lane Stadium against a good, not great, but a good Virginia Tech team. Why are you surprised they struggled? So down goes number 10, North Carolina, the highest-ranked team in the ACC outside of Clemson. Go to Saturday. Down goes number 14, Miami, at 3.30. And then you kick it off at 7.30 in the Dukes-Mayo Classic there in Charlotte where you play your championship game, and down goes your top contender in Clemson. Uh, I mean, you had some other really embarrassing losses from the weekend. Uh, Duke loses to Charlotte, 31-28. to That was rough. Uh, and then how about Georgia Tech losing to Northern Illinois, 22-21? to Yeah. I mean, Jeff Collins, I've been speaking to some people about this, the whole – Hashtag 404, the culture, uh, the uh, scattered, smothered, and covered. I love Waffle House. I'm all about Atlanta. That stuff works during your first year when people are giving you the benefit of the doubt. It doesn't work now when you're just bad, when, yeah. when your football team's just bad. It kind of same thing happened with Dan Quinn. The four brotherhood stuff is, is all fun in games. When you're going to the Super Bowl, it gets really old when you go under 500. So Georgia Tech's in a rough spot. They have Kennesaw State coming up on the schedule this week, a team from just up the road from them that runs the triple option like they used to do, I would not mark that down as, okay, well, Georgia Tech, this is a get-right week. This is a going to be a, a just a slugfest with Kennesaw State. So, I mean, Georgia Tech, this could get really ugly really fast for them. But I, I thought one of the shining lights was Florida State Notre Dame. We'll dive into that one for a second. But I think the loss with North Carolina and the loss with Miami, Clemson, they could have lost to Georgia if those things hadn't happened. 
mm-hmm. right now, where's the signature win going to be for Clemson? They I mean, don't have yeah. a ranked team on their schedule right now. I don't, I don't think they have a chance to – If even if they win out, I don't think they have a chance of making it to the playoffs at all. I mean, I mean, maybe North Carolina goes undefeated from here on out and they play them in the ACC championship and beat them. But, I mean, scenario-wise, Ohio State loses one but wins their conference championship. They'd have some pretty big wins on their schedule. If Oklahoma can run their table uh, and win the Big 12 – they're one of the teams you have to consider. All of a sudden, UCLA looks like a college football playoff contender coming out uh, of the Pac-12, and they still have Oregon out there. And so you look at it, if Alabama and Georgia run the table, i got to think two SEC teams get in. Yeah. And I mean, so now, now Clemson, I think, is on the outside looking in. Right. No, I, I think with, with how everything's worked out, and I think normally most years, right, if, if you have an undefeated SEC champion and a one-loss uh, SEC team or runner-up, whatever, even if they – or even from the West, right, even yeah. if they didn't make it in the SEC championship game, uh, I think generally those two teams would normally get in. And especially when you have – I mean, the, the Pac-12 for the past five or six years historically has, has not been very strong, right? It, it is what it is. Well, now the ACC – now I would, I would say the Pac-12 is stronger than the ACC. Now you have two conferences like that yeah. in America – uh, and, and in college football that, I mean, are, are struggling to be able to even even have one team compete and be good enough to get into the college football playoff. So, yeah, that makes it that much easier uh, for two SEC teams to make it in, no doubt. I, I can certainly see Big Ten, Big Ten champion, Big 12 champion, and then two SEC teams make it in, you know, without a doubt, like Oklahoma or freaking, you know, Ohio State, Penn State, it, whoever right. else makes it. Yeah, yeah. No, speak it into existence, PJ. Right speak it into existence. I'm, I'm trying my best. Yeah, Penn yeah, we'll State, see. just speak it into existence. We'll see. Like that defense keeps, keeps playing. Hey, like that was one but. of the best games of the weekend. I know we didn't yeah, get to talk it about it enough, but that was, I mean, starting noon with the Fox Sports call. I mean, number one, Camp Randall jump around. That at, was awesome. Yeah, at, yeah. Uh, at the start of the fourth quarter, it was it was cool to see that. It really started on uh, Friday with like Lane Stadium where they do their entrance Yeah. for Virginia Tech. Uh, just a little inner Sandman. Absolutely. But, I mean, it's – Penn State, Wisconsin, that was back and forth. That was like, you talk about slugfest. I mean, yeah. it's a pretty bad play calling, I'd say. I think more yeah. so, like, I think the Georgia Clemson game, that was just two, like, really dominant defensive lines owning the offensive lines for their opponent. Penn State, Wisconsin had that to a certain extent, but I also think there was a lot of bad play calling, a lot of poor execution, like missing wide open receivers and just yeah. on both sides of the ball, I thought poor execution, but still, it just had one of those feels of, Whichever team breaks serve is the one that's going to win. Yeah, there were there were some plays like that. Like I know what you mean. Uh, obviously, I'm I'm not going to say that that Wisconsin Penn State is like, on I don't the remember, same. I don't remember D, uh, JT or DJ missing like just like completely not seeing a guy that was running yeah. streaking wide open down the no, field. No, absolutely. That, that's five, what I'm saying. I, four I, or five I, times in the Wisconsin yeah. Penn State game. No, no, no. I, and I agree with you. I, I would say also there was one or two times that I saw that, especially you're hyper focused on your own team. So like I saw that with our offense, with with Penn State's offense. But I, I will say some of that was was due to pressure uh, with yeah. the, that Wisconsin was being able to put on. But no, I'm right there with you. You had Wisconsin left at least 17 points out on the board with either a missed field goal or the quarterback literally dropping the ball. That was amazing. Well, like I mean, things like that, of course. Uh, so things like that definitely happened. But I, I will say that 
yeah, there, there was plenty of talent and plenty of you know high echelon type of uh, defensive plays out there. Uh, but no, I'm I'm right there with you on that front. Uh, I think uh, we'll see what happens. Both teams probably progress throughout the year. But no, I mean it, it was it was an incredible start to the the college football season in that right. And uh, like I said at the top, man, I'm excited to see a- how those four defenses play moving forward of course clemson i clemson's gonna dominate everyone they play it's gonna be bad in in the rest of the year yeah this is what i'll say about the playoff with them and this is what i've said to all if they go undefeated the rest of the year and make it in to the college football playoffs to me that says all you need to say about a team's brand and i know we've seen that before (laughs) i know you can point that to almost every year that's all you need to say about a team's brand if, if they put that resume up and the college football playoff committee is like, oh, yeah, that's all right. We'll take them. Who does, uh, who's Penn State got this weekend? Oh, uh, I think like Ball State or something like that. Yeah, getting ready for Auburn yeah. next week. Yeah, I got to get ready for Auburn I mean, next week. I how, mean, about, how about Oregon's schedule? You're like, you know, you, you struggle and right. hang on against Fresno State, and now all of a sudden with Kayvon Thibodeau a little bit banged up, we don't know if he's going to be able to go, have to hit the road and take on Ohio State, which – before Kayvon Thibodeau got hurt, I'd still say that was probably a toss-up to me because Stroud didn't look great against Minnesota. I mean, he looked okay. I think he completed six passes in the second half, and he went for over 150 yards in the second half. And most of just, those plays, too, were like his broken, wide receivers. Just, yeah, it was just yeah. broken coverage. Right, right. Chris Olave just <clears throat> cooking people. But, I mean, he, he came on really hot uh, in the second half. But for the most part, for the most part, it was – just breakdowns in Minnesota's coverage. And I think it's going to be interesting to see if, if Stroud actually ends up being the starting quarterback by the end of the year. Because they got some other dudes on there, including the guy who skipped his senior year of high school football, Ewers, yeah. uh, to, to hop in there. I'm curious to see if he's still going to be the starting quarterback by the end of the year. But I do think after watching the Big Ten this weekend, don't get mad at me, I think Penn State's probably the top contender to Ohio State right now. Michigan looks like they might have found a quarterback. But in terms of like overall offense – Need to see some better quarterback play. But overall offense, amazing defense. I think Penn State's probably the top contender right now. I would honestly – I would agree. That's that's kind of why I started going through the Big Ten and I kind of stopped short. Uh, but just because, I mean, like you said, uh, Michigan, for all intents and purposes, is a playoff contender and is a Big Ten contender because their name is Michigan. Uh, I mean – I, I don't think it's really been there the past few years. I, I, I We'll see if it's there this year. Uh, I think Wisconsin, you know, is is right there, but obviously Penn State already has the win, uh, a big win against them, so we'll, we'll move forward uh, from there. Uh, but, you know, the, the teams that used to be up there that used to be Michigan State's fallen off a touch. You know, we'll see where Iowa is. They got a big win over Indiana, but, I mean, Indiana even last year was was a talking point. That feels was, like such uh, a maybe, weird sentence. They yeah. got a big win over Indiana. Yeah, it is it is weird, but still, I mean, the last year, the, the year before that, they've they've been up there in contention. So, um, not yeah, the the normal go tos I'd say with the Big Ten to be able to compete against Ohio State, I don't think we, are necessarily uh, there right now. We got a tweet from one of our more well known Penn State fans that listens to the show. <laughs> yeah. I'm about a thousand percent sure that's not actually the first name of the quarterback. No, yeah, sadly it's it's not. You didn't have to you didn't have to do him like that. I didn't though. say who I didn't say who tweeted it. You I just said it's more of our well known. Uh, but he says Clifford is terrible. Uh, you did not look great, but he is the most confident quarterback. Sean Clifford is the most confident quarterback oh, okay. according to himself in college football. I want to take a break here though. I do want to get into the weirdness of the SEC West. Uh, again, Alabama looked dominant. Auburn 
beat the holy hell out of maybe the worst team in the FBS. Uh, outside of that, weird kind of Saturday for the SEC West. We'll dive into all that when we come back next right here on ESPN Radio. Weird weekend for some teams out in the SEC West. Christian Gokel alongside Cam Urshry and PJ Zuko here on a Tuesday afternoon. I got a lot more to dive into, but I do want to talk some SEC West football here. We'll start with the good. Obviously, we already talked about Alabama. Bryce Young looks like he's the next Heisman winner there at Alabama. John Mechie looks like he's the next legendary receiver there at Alabama, which, yeah, I mean, I think dude is just a couple of yards short. He might have actually got it. I think he might have been a couple of yards short of 1,000 last year, which is nuts, playing in the same wide receiver core uh, as Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddell. Right. Uh, but just dudes all over the field, and they look like they're in midseason form already, which is horrifying uh, for the rest of college football. Some other teams, though, in the SEC West, little bit of a sketchy start for them. Texas A&M. I know you'll look at the final score and you'll say 41-10. to 10. All right, not too bad. But how about this? We come into the season we say, hey, they have the defense to do it. And I will say this. They certainly have the defense to do it. They had some scores in a non-traditional way with their team. And they're like, Haynes King, can a freshman – I guess sophomore – sophomore quarterback come in and run this Jimbo Fisher offense, a guy who demands a lot from his quarterbacks. Can he come in and run this offense? And then the Johnny Manziel comparisons start coming up. And I think the dude threw like six passes last year, so let's be careful with those. But you're coming with all those feelings. In your first game against Kent State, you throw three interceptions. Yeah. Which, again, a lot of offenses struggled week one, but the team that you're competing against didn't. Mm-hmm. They, they were taking souls from people, and you're out here throwing three interceptions. He finishes 21 of 33, 292 yards, two touchdowns, and three interceptions. What I thought was interesting was we talked about Isaiah Spiller uh, the entire offseason and, and Ania Smith the entire offseason. It was actually a Kane who ran for 12 carries, 124 yards, and two touchdowns for Texas A&M. So they got it done in the ground game, but, I mean, about midway through the third quarter, this was 13-3. to three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it took you a while to get that offense going. So a uh, weird start for Texas A&M. Uh, and then you move over a little bit, go up, I guess go up northeast Arkansas. Arkansas struggling with rice. And I was, I'm, I'm riding with my hogs this year. I thought right. Sam Pittman's done a good job. I think Jefferson's <laughs> going to be a good quarterback. But he goes 12 for 21, 128 yards and a touchdown with a pick against rice. Yeah. The Owls. Hanging tough, man. That's that you got. You got to put up fifty on Rice. And this one was just thirty-eight to seventeen. The final score there, but another one of those that were again, third quarter. You were losing seventeen-seven. Yeah, you were losing the football game. Right to it, Rice. Yeah, it's not like you're looking down and, and toying with folks or anything like that. You're you're just not playing well. Just right. not figuring it out. And then Mike Leach, Mississippi State, year two. This is the year he's supposed to flip it around. He's done it every other school, Texas Tech, Washington State. It's always that second year where the guys get in, they get to learn his system, and they start figuring it out, right? 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 You beat Louisiana Tech. <laughs> Third, Louisiana Tech. Now, Louisiana State, not even Louisiana, not the Raging Cajuns. Louisiana Tech, which is not a bad team, but still, you're Mississippi State. 35-34. Yeah. Thank goodness. 35-34. Right? And you had to come all the way back from 34 to 14 down. 
Right. In the fourth quarter. I think they did it in, yeah, they did it in 13 minutes. Which, I mean, that's I guess that's good to know yeah. that you can rip off 21 points in nine minutes. Yeah. Yeah, like, if sure, you're that's, doing it that's right, great if you need it. But you don't Rice, want to be in that uh, position. Against, yeah. You can do that against Louisiana Tech, but, uh, right. again, like, you, you go ahead up uh, against one of these SEC West defenses, probably not going to be able to do that, unless it's Ole Miss, yeah. right, or, or something like that. But Well, that's the, and that's the common what, – but what's the common theme with those three teams? Struggled early, or for Mississippi State, early to late, like, very <laughs> yeah. late, like, right. oh, my God, what's happening late, but one. Yeah. Right, you're 1-0. Oh. Mm-hmm. You said it earlier, PJ. It's a lot better to learn from a win – than to learn from the loss. Very so true. you're one and zero. You know who's not one and zero? LSU. Oh yeah, it's looking bad. Reinventing yeah. ways to throw the forward pass. Yeah, it's looking bad. For that LSU. was honestly the highlight of the game for them. Yeah, that's what the I keep saying. The fact that Max Johnson like, was able to like just get rid of that football ended up being the highlight <laughs> for them. But they got absolutely decimated. I will say this, my man Keyshawn Butte, he's still a dude. Like LSU might stink. He had nine receptions, 148 yards, and three touchdowns. Right. Might be the best wide receiver in college football. Yeah. I'm going to put it out there. I mean, George Pickens is banged up right now. Justin Rossi came back but didn't look great. Butte might be the best wide receiver in college football. But, I mean, PJ, this one was close into the third quarter, right? 24-20. LSU starts coming back a little bit. And then UCLA just put their foot on the pedal and pulled away, ended up winning this one 38-27, but LSU kind of got pulled back close with like four minutes to go. But, I mean, you're down 18 points with six minutes left to go in this game. Yeah. That yeah. was for Ed Orgeron coming to the stadium, talking crap to fans, <laughs> calling, saying they have a sissy blue shirt on. Right. He said, come oh, down here with a sissy blue shirt on. Yeah. <laughs> come down here with a sissy blue shirt on. Well, the football team did, and uh, you didn't, yeah. your team didn't react very well. Those sissy blue shirts uh, – Handed it to you, right? And it just look, look at the team stats, though. I mean, talk about rushing yards. UCLA had 210 yards on the ground. LSU had 49. Yeah, which is insane. It, it's surprising <laughs> mentally when you go into a, a game like that. And I think a lot of people think, for some reason, of a Chip Kelly offense, and they think, oh, high flying, a lot of points, going to be all, all over the place. All those things are true. They, yeah, but they. Love establishing every Chip yeah, Kelly team loves do establishing the ground, ground. Yeah. establishing that ground game, and uh, if you had to blindly look at the stats of that game and, and and be like which was the Pac-12 team and which one's the SEC team, you'd think it would be reversed. Right? I wouldn't but, even say LSU looked like a Pac-12 team. They look like a bad Big 12 team. No, I'm just saying like just it, no yeah. defense can only no, really throw. Not rushing the football very well. Right. Yeah. And then you look on the other – conversely, you have UCLA running wherever they want to and, you know, defensively putting on the clamps pretty much all night. So is Coach O on the hot seat? I think so. Yeah. You know what the worrisome thing is for me? That's what I wanted to ask. I think he, he's more Gene Chizik. And I, I don't want to take a shot at Gene Chizik, but in the sense of he's more – yeah. you got the transfer quarterback in, Cam Newton for Auburn and Gene Chizik. Joe Burrow for Coach O and LSU. Mm-hmm. You got the transfer quarterback in. You had some pretty amazing players around him, not offensively for Auburn that year, but defensively you had Nick Fairley uh, and some other dudes yeah. on that defense that could really play. And then for LSU, obviously, you had a bunch of amazing receivers. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, the defense has some dudes on it. Uh, so you you just you caught that moment, right, where you say yeah. you got to take advantage of your windows. They took advantage of their window. but He didn't mess it up. <laughs> but now yeah. – I'm thinking maybe 2020 is more of the norm for LSU than 2019 was. Yeah. 
right? Even like Les Miles, he was he had to go up against Nick Saban every single year, and so does Ed Orgeron. But he was there; he was in the conversation. Yeah, right. He lost to Nick Saban after he won the SEC West. Mm-hmm. Like Nick Saban's won two national championships after not winning his own division. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I just got a bad feeling that LSU under Coach O is more 2020, like that's who they are, than 2019. Yeah. And you got to think, too, I mean, this this is the, the time and place this year moving forward where, like we were talking about some other guys, uh, you know, these are going to be your guys. This is going to be your system implemented and moving forward. Well, they break. Well, what, they did the thing that every head coach is on the, who could potentially be on the hot seat does, right? You fire – uh, the you the fire the coordinators yeah. right like uh, oh last year that was Bo Pelini's fault right that was Bo they can't tackle can't cover uh, can't stop the run that's that clearly Bo Pelini's fault right Dave Aranda left it's, it's Bo Pelini's fault yeah right what all the same mistakes Derek Stanley Jr. couldn't tackle anybody mm-hmm. like one of those runs Derek Stanley Jr. just completely whiffed on the tackle you're getting beat up at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball Right, LSU is getting re- their offensive line is getting reset into the backfield. Yeah, uh, when does that happen? No. Right, so it's it's yeah, you fired Bo Pelini, but I don't think Bo Pelini was coaching up the offensive line. <laughs> exactly, and a lot of the <laughs> mistakes that were made last year were still being made against UCLA. Yeah, Cam, to answer your question, I think certainly. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I I think UCLA is on the up and up, but. I don't, I don't want to take anything away from UCLA. Yeah. Chip Kelly's done a good job. That's a good football if team. If you're LSU, you have to win that game, though, in my opinion. Just because what happened last year coming off that national championship, I think you, you lose, have to come into this year. If you lose – If you lose uh, it overtime no or you lose, yeah. like, last second, like, that's that's different than just getting absolutely They got dominated. Yeah, the mainly, I mean, they, got they, got, dominated. they got handled for most of the game. I, I mean, turned the game off it was bad. Yeah. Uh, a couple other quick ones here I didn't want to touch on. Auburn, 60-10 to 10 over Akron. I get it. It's Akron. And <laughs> they might be one of the worst teams in the FBS. Or they are one of the worst teams in the FBS. But first game under new coach. You have two new coordinators there. Uh, I, I thought Bo Nix looked super confident boy, running Bo. that offense. Which, I mean, I hope you look confident in that offense. You have Mike Bobo, a former All-SEC quarterback, running the offense. And then you bring in... Uh, Brian Harson, who is a offensive guy, I hope you look comfortable in that right. offense. Tank Bigsby looked good. Sean Shivers looked good. The defense looked better. Where it's going to come down for Auburn, which you don't get a sense of this against Akron, is the line of scrimmage. I think they got the running back and the quarterback to be really competitive. Mm-hmm. Do they have the defensive line or the offensive line? To we saw what Georgia and Alabama did. Absolutely. Can you hang with those guys? I think I think they're certainly a better team right now than LSU. Yeah. But can you hang with the Texas A and M who is dominant at the line of scrimmage with the Alabamas with the Georgias that remains to be seen Missouri survive in advance they beat Central Michigan 34 to 24 the fighting Jim McElwain's there of Central Michigan the Chippewas there you go coming down to Missouri yeah. they actually have an interesting game coming up this weekend they take on Kentucky uh, who is led by a former Penn State quarterback Will Levitz just eating yeah eating <laughs> bananas all weird and throwing touchdowns up right. there in the bluegrass state wasn't allowed to throw a forward pass with his with his former school but now he's throwing for three you know 350 and four touchdowns with kentucky yeah that happens man he was just in that <laughs> wrong he was in the wrong blue and white you need yeah, apparently needed, yeah. he needed to get to that kentucky blue That's and it, now he's, checkerboard. He's, he's slinging that rock around so missouri yeah. and kentucky coming up uh, and that might be a battle for second place in the sec east because florida did not look convincing in their game against florida Atlantic. We have more to come here on second down, though. We'll come. We'll wrap all up this final week, or this. We'll wrap up in the final segment, the opening weekend there it is. of college football next on ESPN Radio. 
Man, how about the the crowds this weekend, guys? Yes. Camp Randall. Yes. Did, y- did y'all get choked up during any of those? So I saw jump around. I know you were probably like in the midst of like just mm. nerve wracking pain because you're a Penn State fan during yeah. that game. But seeing Camp Randall do the jump around like that, seeing Lane Stadium do that entrance like that, it was you know, it yeah. kind of it, it hit me right in the feels. Seeing just seeing the crowds back and seeing it's one of those things you I won't take it for granted again. Right. Where it's just, it used to just be like, hey, yeah, they do they do jump around. At the end of the third quarter, before the fourth quarter, it's a, yeah, just it's what they do. I don't think I'll ever take that for granted again. No. And I'm going to say this: college football atmospheres, the most elite atmospheres in any sport anywhere. Period. I think South American soccer and like English soccer can compete, right? But in American sports, no yeah. question, best atmosphere. Period. End of story. I would not argue that. Absolutely. No, I'm, I'm right there with you. you know, I completely agree. You, you think of all the different traditions and things like that that are thrown into the mix as well. Uh, it's incredible. Uh, like you said, during the Wisconsin thing, actually, uh, jump around. I think it was like 10 to 10 at that point yeah. going in the fourth quarter, and they did the full broadcast of it, man. I thought, I thought it was incredible. Yeah, it was really cool. Big show coming up on 3 and Out next. Catch all of it on ESPNCoastal.com.